Welcome to Ballistic Radio. Join us as we explore the subtlety and nuance inside the world of personal protection. Listen as industry experts, thought leaders, and pioneers investigate why it depends is the answer of champions. Ballistic Radio, critical thought over empty rhetoric. Ballistic Radio is brought to you by Big Tech's Ordinance. Big Tech's Ordinance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at BigTechsOrdinance.com. And now, here's your host, John Johnston. Welcome to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Big Tech's Ordinance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at BigTechsOrdinance.com. I'm your host, John Johnston. Remember, you can always listen to past shows at BallisticRadio.com and get the, I don't post as much on it, and I should, and I'm really awful, latest behind-the-scenes info, arguments, photos, and other stuff at Facebook.com slash BallisticRadio. I'm super excited because one of my very dear friends, uh, who I have been trying desperately to get on the show for a very long time, is joining us, uh, Tarek Nadir. Tarek, how are you? How's it, John? Very good and you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So people are probably going to be like, wait, I've never heard of this dude, which, you know, unless you hang out on certain places on the internet, you probably haven't. But I've known you for quite some time and gotten to have a lot of conversations with you. And I am super excited to talk about what we're going to talk about but i guess for pretty much everyone because no one's gonna know uh who are you and generally what do you do sort of stuff and we'll hop right in you may have noticed by my accent that uh, i'm from a little bit further south than you are mm. uh, i'm i'm a south african gun shill, uh professional gun shill. um i do a bit of competition shooting and i talk shit about guns on the internet a lot <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. My favorite part is before the show, we're having a conversation and uh, and you go, I'll try not to curse. And we actually made it an entire, I think, 90 seconds, which is just incredible. Uh, I'm but, South African. That's not swearing. Yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. So, so Sorry, John. no, I don't care. I don't care. So now that we are just on the internet, I don't have to worry about uh, fines if people drop F-bombs or stuff like that. I still don't like, you know, because that's just not how the show generally is. Yeah. But it's not that big of a deal now. Um, so you've kind of undersold your competitive shooting, I think, just a little bit. Uh, would would you say that's maybe fair? And you're going to be like, no, it's not. Um, but you're a relatively high-level competitor, yeah? Yeah, I I, uh, I shoot uh, IPSC. I shoot IPSC mainly handgun and shotgun, mm-hmm. um, and I'm pretty competitive on the local level. I'm, uh, for what it's worth, I'm I'm on the the classic team for the world shoot, uh, and I won a nationals last weekend in shotgun. Hey, um, congratulations! Thank you very much. <laughs> so. And kind of what I'd like to talk about is, at least in the United States, there's a lot of conversation regarding the utility of competitive shooting for those people that are self-defense minded. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to get super in-depth on the show about it, but um, for those that don't know, South Africa is a little spicier than the United States as far as uh, crime goes, I'd say. And you've actually been involved in... um, to as a private citizen incidents that ended up going to guns yeah yeah okay. yeah i think uh 
the, the way I've, I've described it to people, and, and I'm, I'm not a, a police scientist or a statistician, but uh, <laughs> I think the, the, the type of crime here and the type of crime there are probably relatively similar, just the, the, the volume the volume and severity here is turned up to 11. Um, right. So you're, I, I know very few policemen who, who haven't been in some or, or <laughs> sort of serious hard charging policemen who haven't been in some sort of shooting. And a lot of them have been in many. Um, and I know a, a surprising number of private civilians who, or private citizens who've, who've needed guns as well. It's a, let's say it's not, it's not a war zone. It's not, you know, we, it, it's not rolling gun, guns, gunfights on the street that often. Um, but it is a, it, it, it's a dangerous place. There's, a, there's, there's, I think, substantially more violent crime than than you guys see, and a lot more violent crime outside of sort of criminal to criminal stuff. So, you know, right. home invasions here, home invasions here are. are pretty common um and they quite commonly involve a normal suburban family getting targeted for uh either the uh, primarily theft uh and then some rape torture and murder on the side or sometimes rape torture and murder murder with a a little bit of theft on the side right Uh, well and that was that was a thing yeah i don't remember when it came up but actually i do um you had posted a link to the striker control device, uh, which had become available in South Africa. And whenever that comes up online, you know, depending on how masochistic I'm feeling, I'll go and read the comments. And I read the comments and the comments were not stupid. And I'm like, that's odd. And then I thought about it a little bit and I'm like, oh, and I privately asked you like, hey, how many of your shooting buddies or acquaintances have actually needed to use a gun outside of competition? And the answer was a large number um which is not what we see here and kind of the the thing that occurred to me is that it's not theoretical uh for a lot of the shooters that you know it's a reality and say all that to ask i guess what are your thoughts on you know competition shooting and the applicability Yes, I think I said that word right. I don't know. My meds are wearing off Um, of that for the self-defense minded person. Um, I don't think it's going to get you killed on the streets. Um, Mm -hmm. I know I know a a, a fair amount of guys who have been in those shootings who, who have a competition background or have an interest in competition or who sometimes got into competition as a result of the shooting. Um, I think a lot is made of of the the negatives, or, or often I think a lot of made, is made of of potential and unrealistic negatives. Uh, the mechanics of shooting a gun are the mechanics of shooting a gun, mm-hmm. uh, whether it it be a pistol or rifle. I, I think I mean for us especially, a, a pistol is <laughs> is the realistic sort of thing that that we see. You know, fantasies aside. Generally, it's the gun in the front of your pants or on the side of your pants that that's going to come into play, um, and the mechanics of of how you shoot that gun don't change depending on what you're shooting, uh, and the ability to shoot a, a pistol fast and accurately, I don't, I can't see a downside to that in a defensive situation. Um, 
And I don't think that those abilities suddenly disappear because the situation has changed. You know, the, the old thing about you, you rise to the, the, you know, you don't rise to the level of the fight, you default to your training. Um, I think it's pretty true. And, and I think the plus side of that as well is if, if you've trained to shoot fast and accurately, um, all, all the other sort of problem solving stuff aside, just, just the mechanics of shooting the gun, um, that's not going to, to, to disappear. Your, your skill level may det- deteriorate a little bit, but the better your skill level is, A, the more deterioration I think you can, you can, you can face, and B, the less deterioration uh, I think you're likely to suffer um, just because those skills are a little bit more hardwired. So that's kind of the short version. Um, we have time for the long version. <laughs> now, I, I will have to go to break in like three minutes, but we'll have another half hour-ish after that. So we can, we can wax as poetic as you would like to regarding this topic. So, yeah, I, I, think, I, think, it's, I, I think there's a huge amount of, of benefit. And, and yes, there, there are potential negatives, which, which I think we need to sort of face. But I think most of them are, are quite dramatically overblown. Um, you know, people talk about training scars or, I mean, I don't know if that's still a currently fashionable term with gun guys. I try not always keep up. But uh, people talk about the sort of potential negatives in that. And while they exist, I think any time we deal with a gun, there are potential negatives in a, in a defensive context. Um, it's just keeping those to to a minimum, uh, and it's it's balancing them with with having a lot more positives. And, and I think being able to to deal with the gun sort of without without conscious thought and and or, 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 without conscious thought to the dealing with the gun leaves you more sort of brain power to 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 problem solve. And I think that's one of the big benefits of of something like competition, where you're dealing dealing with a gun a lot of the time. Because you've now got that problem-solving ability, um, or you've got that space for problem-solving ability in your head, uh, if that makes any sense whatsoever. No, it um, does, and I've I've got some thoughts on it as well that I'd sort of like to get your opinion on. Uh, it is about time for the break, though. So right now we're talking with Tarek Nadir, and you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Big Tech's Ordnance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at BigTechsOrdnance.com. This segment brought to you by Wilson Combat. Wilson Combat, makers of the finest custom 1911s and scatterguns since 1977. A legacy of quality, innovation, and service. Learn more about their firearms and accessories, as well as the X9 family of firearms, which all offer discriminating shooters 1911 match-grade accuracy, superior ergonomics and concealability with modern service pistol capacity as well as reliability at wilsoncombat.com. So we're talking with Tarek Nadir uh, and sort of before the break, you were, you were kind of getting into the concept of being able to perform the task of shooting or handling the firearm at the subconscious level frees up a person's mind 
so that they can focus on the information that they're receiving and problem solve. Um, it, I think I paraphrased that about yeah. the right way. Cool. The, you know, so something that gets brought up, I guess, is the training scars, right? And, mm. you know, I think that it would probably be fair of us to address the the cons against competition shooting and sort of talk about those for a second or a minute or whatever Mm. and sort of see what we come up with and then talk about the the pros Mm. um but i i think a lot of times when people have these conversations they you know clearly they have an opinion and they're they're trying to express their opinion but they don't necessarily talk about the things that maybe don't make their opinion look as good uh, up front. And I'd, I'd kind of like to do that first because I really want to get to all of the other things as well. So yeah. in your mind, what would the downsides be? You know, I, I think I, the, the bullet golf aspect of it does become a thing. You know, the, I don't know if it's ever happened. There's there's the apocryphal stories of of guys sort of drawing the gun, firing two shots, and then starting to unload it. Um, I don't know if that's that's a reality. Uh, I think there is there is probably a greater sort of chance of of reaching the wrong place for a gun, um, or the gun operating dramatically different to the competition pistol so you know the extreme example of of the the j frame in your right front pocket not working like the the open the the open gun that you shoot in competition a lot um there's there's the thing about shooting every target twice um but then again i think that also shows a bit of a misunderstanding of 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 what most sort of reasonably decent competition shooters are doing because they're shooting two shots twice based on on the information presented to them so if if they if they call a shot as inadequate they're probably going to fire more and and joke side if you're shooting at steel you shoot it until it goes down so i think that gets blown up i think i think it is a a realistic possibility, um, but I don't think it's it's quite to the extreme that that people like to play. Um, you know, it's there, there's there's a whole lot of, and I suppose it it comes under there's a whole lot of misunderstanding about what's happening in a match. Um, you know, and people talk about how guys think that a stage is replicating anything, and I don't know any shooters or, or very many shooters who think it's anything more than a stage in a match. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think gets blown up as this, you know, they, they, we, we, we spend five minutes walking through the stage and, and dealing with where the best position is to be and, and, and all of that sort of malarkey, which is, is a hundred percent true. Um, but then the requirements of a, of a stage from a shooting point of view are also dramatically, if you want to do well, are dramatically more challenging than the requirements of defensive shooting. I think, um, you know, the, the, the the speed requirements, the accuracy requirements, the the subtleties, I think, are are a lot more intricate in the game. So I, th- I think that's where that comes in. Uh, if you took that competition shooter, be they a B or C class shooter, stuck them in a stage without a walkthrough, they're still probably going to do a better job of of shooting it than someone with no competition background who just likes to go the range and and make noise. Yeah, um, and. <laughs> 
and I suppose I'm I'm sort of digressing a little bit away from the the the, the training scars. I think if the 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 dealing with pressure thing, um, and if 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 you're competitive, and this is this is a this is just a personal thing. This is there's no science to this. I think that there's a huge benefit, even if your your primary interest is being a defensive shooter, to not be the guy who goes to matches and goes, I'm just shooting against myself, or I'm just here to get trigger time with my carry gun. Um, because I think you're losing out on the pressure aspect. You're giving yourself a backdoor. You're giving yourself an excuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're going to the match and going, well, it doesn't matter how I do. Well, then you, you, you can bollocks your way through, through everything else you do. That's stupid. Um, you know, the, if, if you're, if you're there with a goal of, of performing your best, uh, that puts pressure on you. And, and I think you get some benefit there to what we spoke about earlier of dealing with the gun under pressure and, and having the ability to problem solve. And I've probably totally strayed away from the, the negatives. Well, um, not, not really. <laughs> I mean, you know, as far as <clears throat> you said a couple of very interesting things to me in there. And one of them was the whole idea. Well, you don't get to walk through before, you know, real life shooting. <laughs> That's not true. Um, now, you don't get to control what the other person does, but if you're not looking at your environment and thinking about, you know, positions of advantage and positions of disadvantage and not like your entire, I'm not saying you live your life Hmm. entirely focused that way, but there aren't many places I go that I don't look around real quick and just sort of be like, okay, and know what my environment is and know Hmm maybe where I'd want to be. And frankly, whether or not you are a self-defense minded person at all, most people do that anyway. Most people do that because maybe they don't want to stand, especially in the the age of, you know, a global pandemic where all of a sudden people Mm. are thinking about interpersonal space, you know, people pick their pathing more. Um, They, they do stuff like that. But I mean, it doesn't cost anything to know where you're at and know what's around you. And if that's not a walkthrough, I don't know what is, you know? Yeah. And you know, if you, if you're walking into a, a stop and rob at 11 o'clock at night and you're not having a look around, it doesn't really matter how much cool guy gear and what brand of pepper spray is in your pocket. Uh, mm-hmm. It's probably going to be completely irrelevant. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as the, the, two shots two shots only um yeah i don't think it would actually work that way um you know and just again based off of knowing a few competitors that uh you know happen to also be like green berets and Mm. things like that there's this sort of (laughs) um I think there's a lot of misunderstanding, like you said, about what actually happens in a competition from, you know, the people that don't go and shoot competitions. And I don't know too many people that have actually spent much time as a competitor that will universally say there's no benefit here. Now, there are some things that I do think are probably at least in the United States. And I have zero idea about what self-defense law in South Africa is. So this is specifically for the United States. Um, I could maybe see 
someone shooting faster than they can process information, which could result in some shots being fired when they shouldn't be, um, or possibly, um, you know, maybe the only actual training scar I could think of if you're not dealing something to mitigate against this, um, every time the gun comes out of the holster, the trigger should not be pressed. Right. And, um, if all of your training involves a trigger press at the end of a presentation and, you know, that's what you're doing, I could see that being a problem again in the United States. I don't know how self-defense law in South Africa works. Um, but aside from that, you know, those are, those are pretty much the ones I got, you know? I, I think while our legal systems are not the same, I think there's sort of universal concepts that, that work across everything. You know, you, I think in, in both places, if you shoot someone you shouldn't have shot, um, it's going to be problematic for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't think that, and I don't think someone who you should or shouldn't have shot changes that much either way. Um, an observation here, and also not science, just based on, on sort of talking to guys and that. The majority of cases I see where a gun comes into play, one of two things happens. By the time the gun's sort of at eye level, you either probably do need to shoot or dudes run away. Mm-hmm. Um, don't, I don't come across a lot of civilians holding bad guys at gunpoint. I, I, I know a dude who did, um, actually had, did have to hold a guy at gunpoint for a while and eventually had to shoot him. But as a general rule, I don't see a huge amount of civilians standing holding guys at gunpoint. Um, I don't, and, and once again, it could be very different there. What I see here is guy sees gun come into play. It's either a fight or he wants to be somewhere else. Right. Um, not universal, but not. Uh, it, it's not a massive concern. And I also... And I'm not a lawyer. I'm far too dumb for that. Um, I also think people sometimes forget that competitors deal with their guns a lot as well. So it's not a case of every time the gun comes out, I'm pulling the trigger. Right. Um, Because guys are taking their gun out all the time to do other stuff with it. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think that argument, and I've heard the argument and, and, and I get where it comes from. I think it, I think there's a bit of a perception as well that, that, if you get in a fight, you're going to be substantially dumber than you are. Um, <laughs> and, and while you're probably not going to be doing a whole lot of sort of higher, higher maths, um, I don't think, I, I think the sort of perception that you're going to turn into this almost gooey mess dealing, you know, purely on instinct or, 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 or trained response or whatever, I think gets overblown a little bit as well. I don't, I don't think people are, are necessarily that stupid. Um, I think it probably depends somewhat on also, frankly, their level of skill. Yeah. Um, I think that a skilled individual is going to be insulated, uh, somewhat from the dumbs, not, not impervious to it, but insulated. Right. And the more skill someone has to draw off of, probably the more insulated from it they will be um, because, you know, when do people panic? People panic when they don't know what to do or how to, how to do it. 
Um, but we do have to go to break and then we can, we can dive further into this. Uh, right now we're talking with Tarek Najir. I almost <laughs> messed it up. Hey, I fixed it. No one noticed. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, you're listening to Ballistic Radio. Welcome back to Ballistic Radio, brought to you by Big Tech's Ordnance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at BigTechsOrdnance.com. This segment also brought to you by Big Tech's Ordnance. Big Tech's Ordnance is the best place for you to find all of your everyday carry needs at the absolute best prices. Maybe you need all the candela from Modlite at the lowest price? No problem. Spend too much time alone in your room, and now you need an optic on your carry gun? Well, Big Tech's Ordnance has those, and they don't judge. Glock accessories, yes, fast, cheap shipping, 100% hassle-free returns, all that and more. And best of all, Big Tech's Ordnance has Ike. He's a good man and thorough. I like Ike. Everybody likes Ike, and you'll like Ike too. Visit BigTechsOrdnance.com today and find out what happens when every customer is a friend, not just an order. So we're talking with Tarek Nadir, uh, whose name I completely pronounced correctly at the end of the last <laughs> segment. I didn't mess that up even a little bit um so seamless. yeah seamless <laughs> seamless no one noticed so um <laughs> we were sort of talking about some of the common things that people say are dings against competition shooting for self-defense and you know we we sort of meandered there a little bit but i i think that <clears throat> I think really the crux of the matter is this and, and you sort of touched on it. If as long as someone is not stupid and as long as someone is making a reasonable effort to think about some of the differences ahead of time, there's not going to be as much of a problem as maybe folks would think. I don't, I don't think so. I, I think, I think you benefit yourself. I, I, I like competition, and to be honest, I like competition because I like competition. Um, I think the self-defense aspects are nice, uh, or, or the, sort of the benefits are nice. But that's that's not the primary reason I'm doing it. Uh, but I know guys who that is is the primary reason that they do it, and and I think th- there are benefits. I, I think no matter what you you should be taking time to focus on, on purely sort of self-defense orientated stuff as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and outside of the non-gun stuff, which I think is, is really important, but shooting the gun, you actually carry the way you carry it at targets that look vaguely like, like what you're going to need to use it against. Um, I think, I, I, I don't think you should let that go by the wayside. Um, but I've also seen some high-end competition shooters who have been very slack about their carry guns, shoot a stage with a carry gun, and 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 still do a very very good job with it. So, yeah, I, there's as I said at the beginning of the show, I, I really think the mechanics of shooting remain the same. Um, sights and triggers are sights and triggers. Grips on guns are grips on guns. That 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 sort of thing isn't changing. Uh, you know, there the, there are maybe different ways you're gonna present things you're you're probably not going to have the same or as as much gear on you in a defensive shooting uh but i don't think it's that that sort of important uh but you 
as we said, that that the time with the, the gun in your hand um, allows you, and I, and I think that that's an important thing. It allows you uh, that that sort of that that thinking thinking with a gun um, and and dealing with issues. Uh, so you know, as, as we said about uh, you know not 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 getting the dumbs, um, the more you've done it, and and the more you've dealt with a gun with 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 stress and it, it's it's a different cause of stress, but stress is stress. You know, the physiological reactions aren't dramatically different. Uh, the levels obviously going to be different if there's bullets flying past you, um, and that's probably going to make you understand things like stand behind things and stop bullets if possible. Uh, but have, having that experience with a gun in your hand, being a little bit stressed. Um, and and a big match, if anything, can can get you particularly well wound up because in a gunfight, your friends are probably not watching you, waiting for you to make a mistake so that they can laugh. Um, yeah, and and that's a real thing, you know. It's it's surprise, bang bang bang. Uh, you you can focus on the mechanics or you can focus on the issue as opposed to don't mess up. See, I didn't swear. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. Yeah. Um, so I mean, you can. <laughs> I told you, Tarek, you can swear if you want to. <laughs> what was funny was you said you weren't, and then you did. That was what was funny, not the fact that you use. I don't care. That's you be your true, genuine self, Tarek. No, you don't. You don't want that. Okay, well, um... let's dial it down just a little bit. Um, I do have a question for you, and yes, and sir. again, I don't want to. Um, like I, I don't want the show to devolve into war stories or anything like that, but you did say something and I wanted to examine that just for a second, if you're cool with it. So mm. you've shot some very high level matches, right? Mm. And, you know, as far as the stress level in an actual defensive shooting, my question is, is the stress level actually there during the defensive shooting? And of course, this is going to be an anecdote because it's an N of one mm. person, but or was the stress level really high after the fact because it happened too quick and with too little warning to get really amped up in the moment? And I, I don't know. I'm genuinely asking. So in, in, in my limited experience and, you know, um, yeah, I, I, afterwards I was, I, I, I wasn't super sort of having a great time at the time, but I was, I was busy um, and most of the guys I've spoken to have, have, have said a similar sort of thing that um, th- there was stuff to do and it was it was fucking stressful, but it was it was there. And then afterwards, it was dramatically stressful. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, you know, they, they, I'm sure there's lots of guys out there who've um, had similar experience and lots of guys have had different experience. I. I, I I wasn't at my brightest, um, but yeah, it wasn't. I, I I don't think for me, I there wasn't really time for it to to necessarily sink in what was what was happening, um, you know. And, and I, I had it, and I've spoken to other guys, sort of a, a an almost detached sense of of what's going on. Right, and I guess that was kind of my question: is you know, I. I've asked a lot of people a very similar question and the answer generally that I have gotten is, you know, some variation of 
and again, this is for trained people, right? Mm. Um, so I, I've not, I don't, I don't know about the other. Uh, so, but for the trained people that I've spoken to, when they actually got into an actual incident, the general consensus seems to be that, yeah, there was a level of concern, but it was different than something that you know is coming. You get amped up for your waiting around to have happen. And you know what I mean? So Hmm. like either the force on force event or the training event where everyone is watching or the big giant match was more stressful in the moment than the actual thing. Uh, Again, all anecdotes. I've not performed like a, you know, a properly conducted study on this, but it's a thing that I have heard uh, a lot. So I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I suppose it's one of the biggest challenges with this, this whole sort of concept is that we are so reliant on anecdotes. Um, I don't know if there would be a way to, to add science to, to any real degree. Um, But I do think we, we have a, enough of a direction in those anecdotes that that they're probably useful if not gospel yeah um and yeah i i think it's it, it it's like this this the, the the stress of shooting a gun for the first time i think you know for a lot of people the first time they pick up a gun it's incredibly stressful uh and and the training competition what, what whatever you're doing to get that that trigger time is is taking a lot of that that stress away as well. Um, you know, I I don't think any of this is going to help if you go shoot a match once and then carry a gun around and and you know get the fright of your life at, at your own gun, never mind the, the other guns around you. Um, so as with anything, it's it's the the, the effort you put in. Um, I don't think, though, that you're doing yourself a disservice by by spending a lot of time shooting competition as opposed to just doing defensive stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think you're probably you probably have a slightly easier time resisting burnout. Uh, I think if if all my shooting was 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 focused on you know one day the zombies are going to come, um, a I think my mental state wouldn't be great, and b it, it I'd find other things to do, uh, you know, and, and I think we have a, a couple of people we know mutually who, who've lost a lot of interest in shooting, have taken up jujitsu or quad biking or whatever, uh, because if the, the day hasn't come and it just gets, and hopefully the day never comes, um, but it just gets really stressful, that's what the gun's for. Um, so I think competition lets you have have a slightly less... <laughs> serious um less serious as in real world serious focus on the gun but still spend time gaining gaining useful stuff and and then there's the the competition side as well if that makes any sense whatsoever because i'm not too sure what i was saying there. no it does (laughs) um we got to go to break and then i will make i will try and paraphrase all of that and we can (laughs) I, I know what you were trying to say, though, and I can actually share some personal experience um, with that as well. So uh, right now we're talking with Tarek Nadir. You're listening to Ballistic Radio. 
Welcome back to Holistic Radio brought to you by Big Tech's Ordinance, where every customer is a friend, not just an order. Visit them online at bigtechsordinance.com. So we're talking with Tarek Nautier and sort of what you were discussing is if the gun is for a terrible thing that you really don't want to have happen, and that is really the only context in which you spend any time with it, it's really easy to get burnout and frankly, just not have very much fun. And competition shooting can help make it fun again. And I would love to talk about that and I will share some stuff. Um, so I, for probably the last couple of years, uh, have really avoided shooting or anything at all like that outside of doing class demos mm-hmm. or, um, you know, if there was a class I wanted to go to, I would shoot at that. But as far as like practice, uh, aside from some dry presentations um, every day, uh, mm-hmm. that's it. Wasn't doing any live fire because, frankly, I didn't like shooting even a little bit, um, which is funny since it's kind of my job. Right. Um, but recently I actually started going to um competitions very frequently so i'm shooting somewhere between you know depending on the month my travel schedule two to four matches a month now uh what's been really cool for me is actually having fun shooting again Mm -hmm. which it's been a minute right and and i don't think that can really be overstated you know because oddly enough if you look at some of the research for you know the the medical term would be transient hypofrontality but the idea of flow state which is a thing that you know when we're getting into automaticity or subconscious anything is something that comes up um one of the things that the research indicates is that whatever you're doing to you know reach that flow state needs to be fun um so yeah having fun shooting is kind of important or at least has some very real potential benefits um and i think that that's what you were trying to get at yes that that uh, that thing you said is is what i was saying just no it's a long roundabout way no you Um. you said that thing Tarek. i just (laughs) paraphrased um you know but yeah, and that's I I think that everyone whatever side of the uh tactical Timmy gamer equation you fall onto, I think everyone in either camp could agree that the more time you spend doing stuff with the gun, the better. Right? That's that seems pretty universal, yeah. Yeah, I, I think without a doubt. Uh, I, I I think there's a there's a lot more crossover between the sort of Timmy gamer sort of manufactured arguments than than people understand, um, including some of the arguments against them, and, and somewhat controversially, but you know, uh, I in my experience, and, and maybe it's different there, but in my experience, the majority of people I've come across who do the competition will get you killed in the streets have shot a match 
and done really badly. And it's easier to downplay the value of the thing you just did than go, there's weaknesses in my skill set. Uh, I'm not saying that's everyone. And if if you think it's you, I didn't actually mean you, whoever the listener is who thinks I've, sure. I've insulted them and their family. Um, but a lot of people I've come across who are vehemently anti-competition, if you go back in their history, there was some competition and they, they didn't do as well as they thought they'd do. And we, we've all heard the stories about, you know, you're, you're some, you know, snake eating death dealer and you go to a match and a fat accountant beats you um, because it's his playground. Um, he's better at the game than you, not necessarily at the thing you do, um, mm-hmm. but at that game, he or she is better than you. Uh, and, and that, I think it's good for you to, to kind of discover that. Um, but I think that does hurt some, some people. And, I think some people do themselves a disservice by by pretending otherwise. Well, and I think that there's a lot to be said for understanding um, your own capabilities and limitations. And so as someone that very much suffered from an incredible, an incredibly overblown sense of my own skill for a number of years, <laughs> right? Um I I understand where it comes from. And the thing about that is, you know, ideally, we'd like to be well-rounded. And mm. ideally, we'd like to be just, you know, good multiple directions. And, you know, that requires going multiple directions and being bad at them for a while. Mm. Um, you know, I'm I'm not particularly good at the game i am playing currently as far as shooting stuff goes and that's okay because i'm i mean i'm frankly doing it to have fun specifically which is you know a little different than the hey if you go to a match and you're just trying to beat yourself sort of thing um you know i i think that there's probably a a happy middle there right you don't you don't want to not care to the point where um you know you're being just completely awful and don't care um but you don't want to care so so much that it impacts your ability to perform right i but what i was what i meant by that more is it's the excuse making um if if you go to a match you know it's a horrible old cliche but you beat everyone who didn't go to the match um sure and if you go to a match and and you have a good time and and you shoot a twenty five percent score, that's awesome. I, I'm in no way being judgmental. I've I've been beaten a lot more than I've I've won matches in my life. Um, what I was getting at more is is the excuse making of the reason I didn't do well is because X Y Z killed on the streets. Sure, um, you know the, the reason I didn't do well is is. Not that this person was better at the game than me, but because of a litany of, of made up excuses. That's that's more what I was getting at. Oh yeah. Um, well, and that makes sense. Um I, I will go a, I will go sorry. on the record and say the last match that I shot, mm-hmm. um, the reason I didn't do better is because I missed too much and was too slow. So well, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I have a I have a Serbian friend who's a very, very high-end competitor. And mm-hmm. He is famous for saying, IPSC is very simple. All you have to do is shoot to alpha very fast, um, which is technically correct. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
you know, we, we have a, a mate of mine who shoots here who is, is, is a, an, he's an officer in our special forces. Great dude. Um, not the most competitive shooter in the world, uh, but I would pick him to get in a fight long before me. Um, and, and he knows what he's getting out of it, but I've also, I've never heard him make an excuse. He's there. He shoots the matches the way he does. Um, he, he has a good time. He, he's a solid shooter and he's not, but he's never turned around and, and done it. Well, you know, the, the reason that this person beat me was because they were going to get killed. He just does his thing. Um, yeah. And I think that I respect that, uh, and as I say, I'm, I'm not saying competition shooting is is the be all and end all. And, and if you're an IPSC shooter, you're or a USPSA shooter in your guys' context, um, you're going to be an unbeating, kill, unbeatable killing machine. Um, but I, I also don't think you're going to lose anything um, from a defensive point of view. I think you're going to gain a hell of a lot more. Yeah. No. And I, that's my general opinion based off of my very limited experience but also my uh experience talking with people with a lot of experience that see value in it you know and and that's the thing i've you know just off the top of my head i can think of um well at least three uh, special forces soldiers and and very well-respected, well-regarded, long-careered, you know, individuals that also think competition is super important, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, so, okay, Uh, you certainly don't have to take my word for it, and you don't need to take uh, Tarek's word for it either, but, I mean, it's not hard to find whomever you are primed to agree with, you know, examples of folks that also think it's important, right? I don't know. I do not know. Um, We are coming up on the end of the show, though. And my question for you is um, twofold, actually. If, uh, If you could leave anyone listening to this with one final thought, either about what we've been talking about or anything related or anything unrelated, uh, what would that thought be? Uh, number one. And usually I would ask, and I realize here, this is a training scar. I would, I would ask if people wanted to find out more about you and stuff like that, you know, where can they find you online? But I don't know that that's necessarily applicable in this instance. So, uh, the first part though, I'm very, very curious to hear your answer. You could have warned me, John. Well, and actually, you do have a podcast, though. So even the second part makes well, yeah, the, sense. The, the, I apologize. The <laughs> I apologize. Um, you, can, you can handle the second part first, and that will give you time to uh, panic order off of the menu of what you want to say. So like you know me. So yeah. on, the, on the second one. I, uh, a mate of mine and I host a, a very shitty little podcast called Welcome to the Gun Show. Um, I'm generally, we, we have a good time and, and we talk about a lot of gun related malarkey. Um, so it's there. Uh, if you want to check it out, we also have a Facebook page called Welcome to the Gun Show, a very original name. Um, if you want to check that out. As to a thought, <laughs> Life is, and this is going to be horribly cliched, 
Um, there are more important things in life than guns, gear, and 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 shooting things. Uh, they they're they're great fun, um, but if your entire life is focused around the gunfight that may or may not ever happen, you're probably not going to be living a life worth living. Um, have a good time, hug your wife, hug your kids, pat your dog in the head, uh, and and make sure that the the things you want to protect are, are there. If that makes any sense, it does. It does indeed. And our our mutual friend and my colleague Melanie Lauer has has waxed poetic on that mm. several times, as have a, a number of other people. And I I really think that you know. Um, as someone that was focused on the wrong things for the vast majority of my life, uh, without getting into detail, I will just say that things are much, 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 uh, nicer when you stop doing that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I've, I've had a, I've had an interesting year this year and it's put a lot of things in perspective. Um, and the important things are a much, much shorter list than, than we worry about. Um, yeah. I, I think we, we add extraneous crap to the list. Um, and the, the things that matter are, are, it's a pretty short list. So focus on the things that matter. Awesome. Um, Perfect. No, don't say anything else. That is like the best <laughs> ending ever. <laughs> or, like stop while you won stop no i'm kidding um Tarek, dude i am so 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 happy that you came on the show um and and for those that so here's some little just history um i'm pretty sure that you were the first international listener i ever had um i'm 99.9 percent certain of that which is really cool and it's super cool that, you know, over the years we've gotten to develop a friendship. Um, I'm, I'm amazingly thankful for it. Speaking of the things that actually matter. And uh, I'm just, I'm glad we finally figured out getting you on the show. Um, Me too. I, I really appreciate it. No, thank you, John. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no um, worries. No worries at all. But all right, we're going to, we're going to make, people like feel sick at the the level of bro love that we are probably going to devolve into without any beer involved which is is sad so, so i'll drop a quick diplomatic immunity and we can go wait wait standing on plastic that's <laughs> that's, that's what it is but, all right dude hey i love you man seriously um thank you so much and i will talk to you soon all right don you be good thanks so much man all right. Hey, guys, make sure you check out our website, BallisticRadio.com. Like our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash BallisticRadio. And hey, if you think we've earned it, please keep leaving those five-star reviews on iTunes. It really helps us out and helps new listeners find the show. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, be safe and see you next week. Dun, dun, dun.